that's a nice light. Morning, everybody. How are you? Good morning, YouTubers. Good morning, podcasters. Nice to have you here. Good morning, Mona. Have, have you got three cushions and I've got none? For Thank you, darling. Yeah, well, I'd like a bit of comfort. Well, too. Got <laughs> morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Lovely to see you all. I don't know what it's like where you are, but it's beautiful and sunny here, which, as any of our regular viewers and listeners will know, is a nightmare for me because I still haven't cleaned the windows. It's so cold. Since the summer. It's so cold. Uh, <laughs> it's freezing now. It's minus three. What, what is it where you are? Come on, hit us with the scores on the doors. How cold is it where you are? Now, I thought we were getting snow. They're guaranteed snow tomorrow, but apparently now it's not coming. Um, and uh, it it's going to get really balmy next week. They said 100% yeah. guaranteed. So here's, here's a question about the weather apps. When they say on Saturday that this Wednesday it's 100% snow, and then it doesn't happen. That means nothing they tell us is believable. Yes. It's well, pointless. Because you, you should never say 100%. Yeah. Now, now, it, now it's, it's all gone to shit now. Oh, look, here we go. Oh, look, Laredo, Texas. Hi, Javi Sanchez. I hope we've pronounced your name correctly. Yavi, Javi Sanchez from Laredo, Texas. Wow, we're going to be talking about America in a bit. And uh, you're certainly not Iowa, but uh, we're going to be talking about America. Vicky Richardson, minus six. Margaret O'Brien, wow. four degrees. Hang on, someone said minus something ludicrous up here. 57 degrees, Lutinas, Lutines, Lutinas, good day all. 57 Florida, got a few Americans in the house today. Uh, Claire Charleston, minus three in Buckinghamshire. Susan Cock, uh, minus one in Horsham. Uh, Natasha Milchin, plus 18 here. Wow, is it? God, yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, very hot in Perth, Western Australia, says Michelle Hofstein. Um, wow. Okay. Well, I had to say I watched Love Island last night. My daughters wanted to, my daughters wanted to watch it, but um, and usually I don't yearn for the sun in the winter. I'm quite good with my seasons, but I was like, Do you oh, mean actually, always yearn for the sun. No, no, no. In this, I like the change of the seasons. I love going oh, into oh, winter see, and right. autumn and snuggling down and everything. But I thought, oh no, actually, I could easily do with a little two week vacay in a five fair star fair resort. <laughs> but then. Who wasn't? No, but in previous years I might have said no because I actually really enjoy winter. Right. I think you enjoy going into winter. I don't think you enjoy once we're in the throes of it. I don't quite. I like the early dark nights. I feel cosy. I love the burgeoning buds of spring. And it's amazing how many expats, you know, that I've interviewed when I did my sun shows and everything that would say that they really started to miss that cold and the change of the seasons and the, isn't it all about variety cozying down and the hibernation yeah. i think wherever you find yourself you have a geographical and a pining for wherever you've lived and to our american visitors you may not know that the great british public love to talk about the weather yeah sorry about that it's, oh crikey yeah, oh we know what that is um and uh, in fact i was mentioning this wasn't i a few weeks ago Years ago, I got asked to do this whole show for the BBC about weather and people's experience of the weather. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, who will watch it? And they went, everyone. <laughs> and it was actually quite a boring programme, if I'm honest. But they were right. It got really good viewing figures. What did? That weather programme I did. Oh, I see. People love the weather, love to talk about the weather. But that is 
the only bit of weather chat we're going to do because we've got lots to chat about and then we've got lots to she do. Well, they watched uh, Love Island and then when I got back in, we then went on to watch... Um, sorry, I'm just going to do something. Uh, we went on to watch True Detective, didn't I we? Anyone loved see it? it, Jodie Foster, and it really took me back. It was weird sitting there with Maddie, who was like, oh, I don't really like Jodie Foster. I was quite affronted because... No, God, she was a heroine of ours when me and my sister were growing up. She's only a year or so older than me. I think she's an, she's an international treasure. I think Bugsy that's what she Malone. is. Bugsy Malone. I, I must, hated I must Bugsy have Malone. watched Bugsy Malone 20 times. Oh, it was... My name is Delula. And she was fantastic. And then Taxi Driver, she was fantastic. Taxi, well, Taxi Driver was astonishing. She was, she was an know, extraordinary actress. And then... Um, some would argue the somewhat exploited in that film. Devastating... Well, absolutely. The devastating one with the, the story of the rape. The accused. Oh. I mean, just... Every, and then the one with the... Silence the nice of the yeah, she was just great. And and I was not disappointed. In fact, I thought, my God, she's even better last night. You know what? I, I I'm gonna her. be I'm gonna be I'm running the risk here of dissing the dolly. <laughs> I've never been an enormous fan. I've always found her a little bit limited in her scope, but I actually really enjoyed her performance last oh, night. Oh, it's brilliant. I, it felt like a woman who's got to the point, you know, she can afford to be confident, cocky, and, and all the rest of it. And but the her other voice, actress. her voice is so, so sort of defining, isn't it? Yeah, I wanted every... I was gobbling up her when she was on screen and the other actress playing opposite her, whose name I don't know, but she's a fantastic mm. find. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So check it out. Quite a, quite a full-on sex scene in the middle there. We all had to look in the other direction. <laughs> Oh, God. Our daughter was here, and he... I just, like... I just sort of looked away, and he kept going, I kept, Ooh, Oh, dear! No, no, no. What ah, I say, when, when a sex scene happens, when the kids were little, and, you know, unexpectedly some kind of sounds of sex or something would come on, not often, but... He'd go, pillow, pillow. No, no, and I would say they're... they're, they're, they're what would I say? They're blowing up, blowing their, up bicycle. their bicycle wheel tyre. Do you really <laughs> think any of them ever thought that the person no. was blowing up their bicycle... No. And they'd get their pillows and put it over their and face. And I said, it's right, it's nearly full. They've nearly, he's nearly done the tyre now. And so, so, I was kind of taking the mickey, but now... Whatever the scene they... was, whatever the scene was, it was always somebody's blowing up their bicycle tyre. So, Maddie, I was talking to Maddie about poor things the other day, and she said, oh, Dad, is it one of those films where there's a lot of blowing up tyres? I said, I've <laughs> even forgotten my own reference. I was like, I don't remember there being any explosions in it. So, um... Yeah, uh, it was good. I, I was getting Fortitude vibes. I don't know if anyone very else like was. Fortitude. Very like Fortitude. So, yeah, good bit of telly last night. And, and thank you yesterday, everyone that joined the live on Body Image yesterday. I found it really moving and it helped me so much. Gemma Perry saying so thank much. you for reading my story last night. Oh, evening, Gemma, and, and back to you. And I just texted my friend to get the link to that grief uh, organisation that helped her. So we will put it under the Body mm. Image as soon as I've got it. <laughs> Right, Natasha so, Mildred says it's been a while since anyone blew up mine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so where are we going? So what are we talking about today? Trump is going to build a wall. He's going to solve world peace. Well, I think as we have um, our American visitors today, yeah. it'd be good to hear what so you think. So we've got Donald Trump, landslide. So the caucuses, it's such a great word, isn't it? Caucus. So the caucuses are sort of meeting, uh, you know, parliamentary or political gatherings, meetings, votes in various states of America, where each state of America is going to decide um, which candidate... This isn't for presidency, this is for candidacy of the Republican Party. So t Trump is obviously trying to beat out the likes of Ron DeSanctimonious uh, and other, other contenders um, to win the candidacy. And, of course, you know, he's, he's in... 
what many would say is deep doo-doo in terms of the court, civil cases, criminal cases, what have you. Um, but he won, I, I've just, was just listening to the radio, I was in deep, horrible traffic for 45 minutes, and I was just listening to the radio, and some of those really, you know, the, the sort of BBC journalists in America are saying, you can't even begin to fathom the scale of this victory. Now, to qualify it, and I'm sure all our American friends here would say, it's a very sort of conservative, religious state, very white, skewing Iowa. But they said that, they, they were talking about the fact that no one has ever won on this scale before. Um, and they are all talking to the idea that the reason for his success, and I want to ask you guys, what is his success? What, what is the appeal? Forget whether you like him or not. What do you think his appeal is? Because what they're saying is, and I think this is true, he's one of the few leaders, and I think we could do well to learn something about this on the, far, on, on the left, you know, people like Andy Burnham or what have you. He's one of those leaders who doesn't go to kind of... Um, what they called, yeah, where you have sort of focus groups. He doesn't do his policy making or his thinking or even his strategizing, if there is such a thing as strategizing, trying to work out what he thinks the viewer, the audience wants. He's appealing to uh, whether you think he is blue collar or not, a blue collar American kind of shtick. He speaks from the hip. He'll make mistakes. He'll say the wrong things, and that is actually the thing that works for him. Well, it's it to me. Boris and he were almost identical in their approach, mm. where, you know, he's a multimillionaire. Boris comes from the landed gentry. And, but, let's say, you know, the working man, the, you know, the down-to-earth person is has been completely conned into believing that these people connect with them. And like you say, it's the bumbling a bit, it's the not seeming to care, and that's where they connect with, you know, down-to-earth people. They go, we fell for it. When, when, when Boris was mayor, we loved him. Well, we like the fact that he wasn't trotting out the political yeah. line. And I think, I, I think what Donald we Trump did. speaks to is not whether Donald Trump is right or wrong or, or whatever, and whatever your feelings are. I think we, rather than everyone going, oh, God, he's this, and let's try and get him. And I have been saying, and they're all saying that, all the radio, all the journalists, all the American uh, correspondents are saying, the reason for his success is, this, is the sort of rapacious appetite and the sort of real mm. desire to trap him and get him. Whereas what needed to happen with him, like many narcissists, is everyone needed to go quiet and not talk about him and not try and get him. Not at this point, not before the next exactly, election was out of the It's way. not relatable, like Boris isn't. I mean, you know, it's, 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 uh, they both were geniuses at making people believe that they understood the struggle. And they don't. I disagree. They don't at all. I, well, think, I, I think where he's entirely relatable... And also aspirational. I think where he's entirely relatable or desirable is the feeling that he's not trotting out a party line of any form. Yeah. And what our problem here well, is... I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, and our problem here is, and it's a real problem for the Labour Party, because the only way the Labour Party are going to, you know, win the election... All our Labour parties ever do in this country to win the election is become the left left-wing aspect of the Conservative Party. They step yeah. closer they towards no, the Conservatives. They give us no alternative. no alternative. It's just a I'm softening. I'm politically homeless. I don't know where to go. So, you know, I, th I think... I think, I mean, I, I called this ages ago. I've, I've always said he's going to, and I don't think, you know, loads of people have, but, but it's just like, don't chase him so hard. If you chase him this hard, you're going to drive people to him. Of course. And the entire democratic world, the stupidity 
of the Nancy Pelosi's and the Bidens and all that lot who have just gone, right, run at him, run at him, run at him. Well, you've done, you've fallen into his bear trap. Because what you do is those people that feel that they're put upon and they're not understood and that, you know, yeah. the world is against them and they've not had the chances, they, they, that makes him more relatable. Of course it does. And yeah. of course it makes him seem more indestructible because he rises yeah. above it every time, you know. Yeah. Um, so he talked briefly about how um, Nigel Farage is he's a very handsome man. Oh, God. He's, oh, yes, Nigel Farage. He was there. He's there Nigel, in the crowd. Nigel, I, I have Hans, met... Handsome Nigel Farage. I'm sorry. He's been with me from the beginning. You cannot say Nigel Farage is handsome. Well, Trump really wants to snog him. Uh, Trump also, I heard him talking on the radio this morning saying, we can solve all the problems in the world. We've never known so and much anyway, death and destruction. Not like this, practically. Uh, we have. <laughs> and he says... We can get, we said, I'm friends with Zelensky, I'm friends with Putin, one phone call, all sorted. Oh, God. <laughs> Israel, Gaza, Gaza would never have attacked, it's all sorted. <laughs> I mean, it, people buy into this. So anyway, you, uh, Reese, I noticed you say earlier, of course, the Iowa caucus is not a good, you know, bellwether in, in terms of it's very sort of right-leaning. But what it does show is that there's no, there's no, there's no hesitancy from the Republican core base of stepping towards him. I thought there might be, and there wasn't. You're right, New Hampshire is gonna be a real test for him uh, as soon as we get into kind of those more varied kind of demographics. So um, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. I, I, my prediction, he's gonna win, he's gonna beat Biden. And Biden has not, you know, coated himself in glory. He really hasn't, I mean, I'm, 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 I hate to, there's an awful part of me that is slightly relishing the prospect of Trump and Biden going head to head in a TV debate. Because I don't think Biden will make the podium. He'll stumble on, he'll hit the wrong thing, and Trump will have, a, have an open goal. Terrible. Do you know, on the 100 day, days of the war, he made a speech, I was just saying this on Instagram, and he didn't mention the Palestinians. No mention. Who, Biden? Yeah. Yeah. No mention. No. Well, that says to me you have no heart at all. Whatever your political, very obvious political leanings are, surely you feel something about the numbers. When they stand on stage together for the first... Not say a word, shame on him. For the first presidential candidacy chat, their combined age will be something around... 200, wasn't it, almost? Are we around 108? Come on, America. Have you got anyone younger out there? Yeah, it's their combined age. Anyway, apparently there's there's a book knocking about, isn't there? Where Kamala Harris, when they were doing the uh, when they were running, you know, she was she was competing, wasn't she, for the leadership when Biden ran last time? And apparently, lots of her aides were saying that Biden is totally unsuitable for the job. You know, so there's you know that could account for why she's been so quiet. Is she so quiet? Has she been silenced? All this kind of stuff. Oh, every time I hear her speak, I'm just like, oh yeah. God, she's so fake. Yeah, Therese Roberts, very well put. Trump is positioning himself as the Messiah for America. It's just a very nerdy boy. Uh, the second go around with the Middle East conflict, young people are potentially going to abstain from voting, which helps. Well, helps, a helps Trump. It's a Does really, it? really good point. That's the vast majority of young Americans are profoundly anti uh, the Biden's policy in the Middle East. Yeah. Profoundly. How can? How and you're not right. So he's up lost on this, The Democrats. Because they don't care. Well, they don't care to get back in. It, it strikes me that no one. Why is there no appetite for younger blood to come in and take the, you take know, the throne? The, yeah. Is there no one there? Thinking, I mean, Hang this on. has activated young people here politically, the Palestinian situation. Mm. It has. Mm. They are, you know, incandescent. I mean, our girls say, like, m m most of the younger generation is just 
very pro the Palestinians. Well, Michelle Stagg says Michelle Obama for me. She's been very quiet on everything. Oh, Obama, the Obamas. I'm so disappointed he's yeah. not said a single thing about that. But he's yeah. going to build the wall. He's going to make sure the wall gets finished. Oh, We've got two million people trying to get into the country. You know, so anyway, same old God help us. More humanity, less narcissists, please. So what we're going to do, obviously, uh, Americans, if Americans are still in the room, how do you feel about it, Americans? We are going to, obviously, as this kind of rattles along, we're going to obviously be picking that up as the uh, as the American elections move towards us. So um, so that's for sure. But you're handsome, handsome Nigel Farage, giving me support all the way from the beginning. One of my first supporters. I love him. I want to snug his funny little mad hat of the Queen is in the news. The Queen is in the news. I don't know why this really, this stood out to me as a story. Oh, I just don't believe it. Do you not believe it? No. Okay, so the story here is Queen Elizabeth has talked, there's a new book coming out by, oh, bollocks, hang on, just lost the story. Um, new book coming out by, who was it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Robert Hardman's new book, um, which has been published in excerpts uh, in the Daily Mail. And apparently it says, or it said, that the late Queen was so upset at Prince Harry and Meghan naming their daughter Lilibet that she told aides they'd taken the only thing she owned, it's been claimed. She said something along the lines of, I don't own the palaces, none of the palaces are actually mine, none of the paintings are mine, uh, and now it would seem not even my name is mine. Here we are, I don't own the palaces, I don't own the paintings, the only thing I own is my name, and now they've taken that. And she, I do not believe that. And she felt she couldn't say no. I just don't believe that. That's very modern day thinking and language. Can I make a connection? That makes yeah. totally, it sounds Instagrammable. The only thing I own is my name, and they've taken that. She just wasn't that sort of, she didn't have that melodrama about her. I don't believe it. You put, you put mellow into drama. That's a new one. You just put the mellow into drama. Mellow. This is just the way you said it. It was quite oh. funny. Yeah, but, um, well, I'll tell you where the connection here is that he, makes me he suspicious. He has said publicly that she supported it. I don't think he would have said that. He would have said Harry. that. Harry. What makes me suspicious, and I've just made this connection, is, of course, that the royal biographer, Robert Harbin's new book, is being published in the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail went to court. Harry took them to court. Big spat, mm. disagreement. Curious that they're pub they're sort of, you know, doing a serial publication of, of excerpts from his book and this story comes out. So mm. Don't believe it. So Who the, believes it? Isn't that, Honestly, isn't that treason if it, someone don't lies you think about the, the queen? language is just not the language of a 90-year-old person. Let's ask. That Who is a generational it? thing. The only thing I owned was my name. Nah. No, you can't imagine that coming out of her mouth. Hang on, I'll tell you what it feels like. It feels like they're trying to write the script for the next series of The Crown. Who believes yeah. the Queen said I do not this? believe that. Like, even if you can't stand Harry and Meghan, park that and really think about that. Do, can you imagine the Queen saying that? No. Nah. Apparently she posted it to Instagram too. With the <laughs> That's what I mean, it's Instagram. <laughs> it's an Insta story, but someone it's, took a screenshot. Generational stuff. <laughs> Let's have a look. <laughs> I don't believe it, says Denise Drummond Mulvaney. I do think it's a bit strange that, um, that it's the male. I can't imagine it. Don't believe it, says Elliot. Hi, Elliot. Hope you're well. Easy to say now she's no longer with us. Yeah. It's not her way. It's, not, it's, it's, not it's her abusive. Because what they're trying to make out there that she was abused by these people. Well, she is dead, and you are writing things that cannot be confirmed or denied. So you too, sir, who's writing the book, is doing exactly the same thing. He who has not sinned, cast the first stone. Now we're talking mellow drama. They call it mellow yellow. Okay, last night it was the Emmys. Um, and obviously the Emmys. 
the sort of all the awards for all of the uh, favorite American TV series. Oh, it's great stuff, Faith. Um, what's that? She's got. She's been to hospital, and got a new hearing. Oh, head. good. I'm good. having my hearing tested next week. How's your hubby? I hope he's. I hope he's feeling better mm. as well. Um, so yes, the Emmys were were last night. Lots of glorious photos. Lots of. Uh, what is know, that actor's name from the Bear? Jeremy Allen White. Jeremy, Jeremy Allen White. White. Yeah, I like him. Uh, I totally agree, Reese. Funny how we horrible how we start another year and everyone's attacking um, Meghan and uh, Harry, and also Meghan and Harry. You know, again, people trying to make something of the fact you know that their, their documentary series didn't make the Emmys as well. It's just toxic. Mm. It's just why can't we just. You know, say more positive things. Why we've got so much toxicity going on anyway to drag up old stuff like this that's almost definitely made up. Well, three quarters of people believe she didn't say that, so there we go. Yeah. Um, let's just quick. I just want to ask us a question because Succession has done incredibly well at the Golden Globes. We loved it. I've got to a point in the series that Nadia hasn't. Uh, series three. Um, and I've waited really after that because I think if once you see that episode, you might want to kind of finish the series. So I've kind of held on a bit. But I just want to ask this question because the succession has cleared up at the awards at the Emmys and the Golden Globes almost consistently with every series that's come out. We loved it. Lots of people loved it. But lots of people, I don't, lots of people don't watch it. Lots of people... I, I hear lots of people I'd have thought would like it, not liking it. So Succession? Does, yeah, does it speak to I any do of you guys? I do think, yeah, lots of people that I knew didn't get in. I th if I remember rightly, the very first episode, or the second, there was something that was a little bit slow, first or second episode. In the first series? Yeah, ever. but you've yeah. got to stick with it. I might rewatch it, you know. Yeah, take it from the beginning and it. run up to where, where we're at. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so let's just do the quick winners. Um, drama series was Succession, winner. Uh, comedy series, The Bear, for season one, which I think... Absolutely Loved right. Loved season one. Started season two. I know a lot of you were saying the other day, stick with it. It just felt like it had tried... Elliot, do you agree? It felt like it had tried to... You know when something's a success or a viral success, they don't know they're a success and it just happens to happen. So they just try and... So what they've tried to do is yeah, recreate the ingredients too self-consciously. So it felt like even the... I felt even the camera work was... Everything about it was self-aware. It felt analogue, the first one, and this one feels digital. Ooh, I like that flipping heck, babe. Analogue. I'm you're cooking, on, cooking, gas you're cooking on gas. Sarah Snook won for Succession. She was brilliant. She was pregnant whilst making, whilst shooting the season. Kieran Culkin won uh, as well. So lots of winners. Beef won for limited uh, anthology series on Netflix. Wonderful, wonderful Do series. Do you know what? It, because I started to watch that, the third series, and there's things happened. We lost it, but... I, I wish I'd known she was pregnant because I spent the first few episodes just coming in and out of my head going, wow, she does look so much bigger. And then having a go at myself and saying, but this is what we like. We like women of different... And it just kept coming into my, you know, that brainwashing. And I said, wow, you know, this is just... Yeah, she's looking... And I, it just kept... It, it kept interrupting and I was... But what was what was the worst bit was me being so angry with myself. Was like, let go, let go. Mm, mm. But she was actually pregnant. Just a couple of comments here. Oh, I just want to read out. Zoe Agnew, The Bear, season two, episode six. One of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. I hear you on that. So Right, we're going to push through. We'll push through. Elliot Gonzalez, read The Bear. It was dialed up, but I still enjoyed it and thought the performances were phenomenal. But with the guest stars, they knew it would generate talkability and virality. Uh, Reese, they have said with the Bear season three, they're going to go back to the claustrophobic inner kitchen feel. Oh, good. That's good. Um, 
That's what I loved, and those close-ups of the food yeah, and everything. It was, it was just brilliant. So beef, beef did really well. Stephen Yeun, uh, which I'm delighted about. Uh, you, you, lots of fans of The Walking Dead. He's, his moment in the sun has arrived, which is great. Ali Wong uh, won for beef as well. Oh, John won for best variety special live, which was quite oh. something. Um, directing, succession, um, beef won for writing. Uh, writing again, succession. So yeah, it was um, it was a good night for beef, succession, and the bear basically. Um, but but one of the more emotional moments I think was uh, Christina Applegate, oh, I love this one. who obviously was diagnosed with MS. Oh. Um, she was presenting, I think, the award for best supporting actress was she in a comedy. Um, she made an emotional return as she uh, she stood on stage and she was handing out one of the awards, and she jokingly said, "You're totally shaming me with disability." by standing up, because she got a standing ovation. Uh, body, not by Ozempec, <laughs> she said, um, and told the audience, we don't have to applaud every time I do something. <laughs> it must be I hard. love her. Yeah. <clears throat> I think people are applauding her because they love her. Yeah. She mustn't think it is because of her now, her disability. Dead I to Me it's... was is just, if you really want to treat, uh, Dead to Me is such a, so such a fabulous good, series. So yeah, good. yeah, really, really good. Um, other moments we didn't watch it, but Kieran Culkin apparently surprised his wife by asking for more kids during <laughs> during his acceptance speech. I do, I do love Kieran Culkin. He's so quite something, Such isn't he? A damn fine actor. We watched at Christmas. We watched Home Alone one, and we realised he's in it. Is he? Is he the little brother? He's in the it? little brother in it, and yeah. because now we know him and love him and love his acting, we were like, oh, good. But he doesn't actually. He's only got one line, mm -hmm. doesn't he? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that, that, those are the Emmys. Um, you want to quickly? Do we want to quickly talk about forgetfulness, or should we do energy drinks? <clears throat> um, what's the time? Let's do energy drinks. Energy drinks. Okay, so there's a story here: energy drinks linked to depression, ADHD, and risky behaviours among children. New study shows. Um, this is the consumption. Well, I mean, there's, there's nothing too surprising about this, is it? But this this goes so far as to say there's a linked increased risk of mental health issues among children and young people, including depression. ADHD and suicidal thoughts, a new study has revealed. It's quite frightening how much youngsters are using these energy drinks to get well, through school. my thing about this is, what is actually wrong with us here? We know this, and we know that vaping is literally... In the future, we have got some serious problems coming down the line with kids vaping. We know that. Mm. Doctors are, I hear all the time, begging for them to stop being sold. And do like other countries where you just, you have to go into a pharmacy with a prescription and you get your vape. Mm. Um, some of the stories that we hear from our kids on the amount that kids are vaping, honestly, you've got no idea. It is literally petrifying. Mm. And, um, and we, how long have we been hearing about these energy drinks? I mean, teachers have begged for the, the, the end to the sale of these, because they can literally tell when a child, they know at lunchtime, they've gone and had, like, I don't know, two Red Bulls or whatever, come back in the afternoon, they're climbing the walls, making it impossible. Mm. You know, I remember, you know, some, um, my daughter said, you know, she's, you'll see so many kids on the train in the morning, the bus, drinking these energy, energy drinks. Mm. Now, I believe that some of these are banned in America because they're so bad for you. <laughs> it says a lot because a lot isn't banned in America. I remember one night years ago, I was really knackered and I went out and I, had, I drank vodkas and it was Red Bull or something like that all mm. night. 
Honest to God, I felt like I was going to have a heart attack two o'clock in the morning. Red Bull, yeah. I mean, I used to do Red Bull Light a lot when I when All I stopped the time. drinking. But, but this so this bad this data this data is quite a comprehensive study. It's looked at this. So this is a pull together of all of the studies of fifty seven studies of over one point two million children and young people from sixteen countries around the world. So there's a vast amount of data wow. that they've looked at. And what came out of this was that young people in the UK are the biggest consumers of energy drinks in Europe. Uh, for their age group. There's a big problem in I our country specifically. I know with what that connection Drinking is. too much, vaping too much. Basically, people don't like being English. I absolutely know what that connection is with, with us and the energy drinks. Absolutely terrible diet. And also, I think, an because education system that puts enormous stress on youngsters. But with so many things. But like also, kids are staying up all night with their phones, so then they're having energy drinks. But it is the lack of good nutrition. Because what happens if you're not eating really well, feeding your gut, eating loads of vegetables and all of that stuff, you could be you could be massively overweight and your body would be starving because you don't have those nutrients. So you're constantly reaching for cakes and biscuits and sugary drinks and mm. energy drinks and coffee to try and get yourself up and moving. Mm. And that's the same for kids. So this a letter has gone into the government I mean, calling for change. Things. A letter has gone into the government saying, come on, look at, the, the, look at this data, please. And the letter says, can we finally implement the national sales restriction on these harmful drinks to under 16-year-olds? Um, the letter is, is signed by the Royal College of Paediatrics and Child Health, the British Diabetic Association and the British Dental Association. These power... I mean, sometimes also the names of these power drinks are quite... Quite petrifying there. Joni, do they give you energy though? It's <laughs> a good well, question. Well, they give you they give you a false kick. Yeah, yeah. A big kick. You know, like a coffee. You know, it'd be like giving your kids like a quadruple coffee as they walk out. They're gonna go high as a kite mm. and then they're gonna come down. So it's like it's like when you have loads of sugar. You could get, you know, you could what I mean, I remember when I was breastfeeding, sugar, 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 just try and get myself moving, but then of course the you would just collapse because mm. it's such a... And what you want to do is keep... Why the Diabetic Society are involved in this is because what we want to do is keep our insulin level with little blips through the day. But if you're having sugar and caffeine and your insulin is going like this, it is so bad for you. Mm. It's so bad for you. Am I right in thinking that even light energy drinks send the wrong signal to the diabetic... It, 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 is it better that they don't have sugar if they're sugar-free? There is something complicated about that, but I can't remember what yeah, it is. I don't yeah, know what it yeah, is. But, yeah. but you know, I mean, I know you're supposed to be 18 for vapes and all of this. Apparently you have to be 16 but, for certain energy drinks. But, but nobody that. listens to that. Mm. Nobody listens to that. Shop owners, I mean, to be fair, I listened to a really brave and honest shop, a shop owner the other day. He goes, if I don't sell them, I go under because... Everything else that mm. link sells when somebody comes in to buy that they go to a different shop. Yeah, look, Edward, and he goes, I literally can't afford not to sell them. Edward Bevington, you're right. Taurine is the ingredient of like taurine, Red Bull and stuff that horrible, is toxic at, at high levels. I think that isn't taurine the, the ingredient that isn't allowed in America. I think it is. Yes, it's the yeah, taurine. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. what are some of the names like Monster? Well, something. the weird thing about them is there are so many sort of you know the the obvious ones, Monster, Red Bull, etc. But then there are so many other weird are ones, there? aren't there? Just in incredibly colourful cans. But Target, you know, monsters that. Is that or is that not? I feel, in my opinion, that is targeting children, just like 
bubblegum flavoured vapes are. Mm. What, what grown adult is going to look for bubblegum? Mind you, I do like all bubblegum stuff. But you know what I mean? And mm. and, and it's everything takes so long. Yeah. takes so long to affect any change. But are we basically talking, once again, like we talked about last week, is this a nanny state? Do we need to be nannied? Do we need to be guided? Is it nanny state to I remove these things? I think when things are just available on the shelf, you are telling... Yeah, we do a bit. There does need to be control with these... With these big companies about what advertise. they're allowed to sell. Like now there has been a gradual reduction in sugar and processed foods and all of that. Yes. Because when something is sold, people assume that it's safe. I think it's always interesting when people say about the nanny state and how these things aren't important and there is no influence. They they rarely say these aren't people that as soon as you say to them, so what's the point of advertising? What are they disputing that advertising? But this is work? this is protecting children. Yeah, yeah, no. This is protecting children, which is a very different thing. Okay. Well, there we go, guys. We've done the Trump landslide, the emotional Emmys. Uh, we didn't do forgetfulness because we forgot about it. No, we decided not to. <laughs> well, I want to do that more yeah. in 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 um in more depth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I've actually been putting some of those things into practice. Oh, good. Okay, well, we'll do that. Yeah. Okay, guys. Look, have a lovely day. As ever, content will be landing, and um, yeah, stay warm.